Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sustainable Finance Podcast, where you can learn everything you need to know about sustainable and ESG investing from leaders in the field. My name is Paul Ellis, and I'm your host for these programs about developments in this fast-growing industry. My guest today is Wendy Diamond, international social entrepreneur and impact investor, best-selling author of 10 books, TV personality, and as she calls herself, a do-gooder supporting the underdog. She has three Guinness World Records and has appeared on Oprah, The Today Show, and Bloomberg, and has been a keynote speaker at the United Nations, Harvard University, and Davos. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the disruptive technologies she invests in, like renewable energy, artificial intelligence, blockchain, fintech, and virtual reality, as well as the Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization, a non-governmental volunteer organization that Wendy founded. Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization is celebrated in 144 countries and universities and colleges worldwide with the mission to empower women in business and alleviate poverty. We're thrilled to have you on the program today, Wendy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Paul. It's a little overwhelming hearing you talk about what I do, but hey, I guess I guess that's me. <laughs> I yeah, it looks like you. So anyway, <laughs> let's just jump right in here. I want to talk about the Women's Entrepreneurship Day organization first. You founded it in 2013 as a nonprofit to bring awareness to the 250 million girls living in poverty globally that deserve a chance for active participation in the global economy. How does we do? Did you refer to it that way? We do? Yeah, women entrepreneurs do make a difference. Okay, great. So how has we do grown since 2013? And what current programs is the organization focused on in those 144 countries and at 65 universities internationally? Yeah, so we when I started Women's Entrepreneurship Day in 2013, literally I was in Honduras on vacation and didn't realize it was the murder capital of the world, right? And that's when I went and visited this organization called Adelante in Honduras that provides microloans to poor women. You know, in my past, I knew, you know, I've met Mohammed Yunus and the founder of Grameen and the Nobel Peace Prize winner and stuff like that. But, you know, my personality, I can only like get involved with stuff if I really feel it. You know, and so, you know, when I spent that time in Honduras and I volunteered for this organization and met all those women that received those microloans, I realized, wow, you know, these women are paying these microloans back on a worldwide level, millions of millions of women, you know, loans, mostly given to females, right, women. And I realized they're paying it back at a 98% rate. That's like a real figure, right? That's almost 100%. You know, and 90% of that money goes to educate their children and provide for their families. And that's what made me realize after that experience, wow, I came back to New York and I started researching everything. I learned that 250 million girls were living in poverty. I learned in America, US alone, one out of eight women live in poverty, right? And I learned 1% of venture dollars went toward women founders. And in the media at that time, I'm not kidding, very little was out there about women entrepreneurs or women in business. And so that's why I thought, wow, let me create a day in the world, because if we create a day, we're going to create the conversation. And then in 2014, we launched at the United Nations and we had everyone there from like JP Morgan to Dell and everybody, because I knew if we could create and bring these people in a room, right, we could create the conversation and create impact 
to change that, right? And if you look at history, you know, stemming from, you know, what we've created, I went across and around the world to everybody I knew. And I said, who in your country is the greatest person to bring governments, business leaders, civil society together to collaborate, to find solutions, to uplift women in business? So, of course, we had to get people that were already connected, that already, you know, were successful, that wanted to give back to their communities, right? So what we did as a foundation is we created a toolkit, right? To say, here's how to engage your government and get the day proclaimed. Because once, you know, a government's not going to proclaim a day without, um, you know, bringing in some type of impact, right? right? And so when you look at, you know, so, you know, in my head, everybody heard of TED Talks, right? But in TED, people talk about themselves and their ideas, right? But WED, Women's Entrepreneurship Day, right? TED, WED. Um, we, <laughs> you know, this is all like the way I think, right? You know, I come from a little town in Ohio, so I have to simplify everything. Um, but Ted, you know, we, you know, the idea is we bring governments, business leaders, civil society together to collaborate and find solutions, right? So, you know, when we created Women's, when we got um, Mayor de Blasio to proclaim in New York City, Women's Entrepreneurship Day, they launched uh, we NYC, which is a government-funded program now in New York City to fund women entrepreneurs, or when Mayor Garcetti in Los Angeles, you know, proclaimed Women's Entrepreneurship Day, you know, that's when he initiated a whole program to fund women entrepreneurs in LA. Right. So that was the idea for this. So you know, we have uh, 330 ambassadors around the world that represent our movement. You know, Women Entrepreneurship Day organization, we do. Women entrepreneurs do make a difference. You know, it's all about impact, right? Because what I realized is everyone in the world wants to help. You just have to make it easy for them, right? So we find ways of doing that. So, you know, a few things that, you know, we've created uh, in this past year, we created the first ever women in disability startup cohort. You know, people don't realize the number one minority in the world is disabled people, right? And there was no initiative to support disabled women entrepreneurs. So we created the first one. We got the funding for it. And then we found this amazing organization called Together International to basically take this idea and this funded um, program that we created and we gave it to them to create. And now Google for Grants has just um, sponsored the whole thing. So, you know, we create these really incredible grassroots initiatives. Our ambassadors around the world have their own initiatives. We're all volunteer. So what we do is just we give an amazing toolkit to show how to create impact, how to engage your government and to really do it. And then we just create this amazing organization where we work together on all these initiatives around the world. That's fantastic. And all of that since 2013. <laughs> oh, and every year we fund a thousand impoverished women with microloans, you know, where we partnered with Opportunity International, which is one of the most largest organizations providing those microloans. Um, you know, we work we work closely with Congress and pass legislation. Mm-hmm. You know, this past year we worked with uh, Congresswoman Grace Meng, who's one of the biggest supporters of women entrepreneurs, you know, to pass legislation to support uh, women entrepreneurs. So we do a lot of stuff like that. You know, we you can go on our website, you can see a lot of the impact that we have. Terrific. All right, now we're going to shift gears a bit and talk about your investment in disruptive technology development for social impact. Give us a couple of examples from the long list of capital deployment opportunities you've chosen and why you believe in the future of these technologies or firms. 
Yeah. So, you know, it's funny how I got involved in investing, right? Because, you know, I'm not a professional investor. That isn't my background. My background is, you know, creating impact, you know, creating the animal rescue movement in America, like things like that. Right. And, and because of creating women's entrepreneurship day organization, because I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, I've never had a job, you know, I never worked for a company or anything like that. So I only know how to get things done. Right. And so what happened was, um, you know, I started Women's Entrepreneurship Day and I literally learned about Bitcoin in 2014 through our team in Africa. I see. And I learned about this woman in Botswana who is a goat farmer. And this goat farmer, she had a, a child that was really sick. And in 2011 was trying to find any way to find the money to get to, to support her child with health care. And on that, sadly, her, you know, her son passed away. But she ended up creating the Satoshi Center in Botswana in her little hut she lived in in Botswana. And, you know, meeting that and learning about that story, I started learning all about the impact that Bitcoin was having around the world, you know, about how, you know, literally I, you know, how I call it now is the most high integrity deflationary financial instrument. Why is it high integrity? Well, it's high integrity because the founders they didn't care about fame, money, or power, right? The founders of Bitcoin, nobody knows who they are. So they have no fame. Nobody knows who they are. So they have no power. And they've never sold a Bitcoin or transferred a Bitcoin. And the whole purpose of Bitcoin was created to provide financial inclusion to all, especially the two and a half billion people unbanked, right? So that that's part of, you know, when I learned 250 million girls were living in poverty and, and learning that, you know, when you invest in women, right? You are, you know, 90% of that money that they earn goes to educate their children, provide for their families. This whole idea of Bitcoin, like really, I was like, wow, this is incredible what this could do to the world. Because our foundation's huge in Venezuela, huge in Zimbabwe, Botswana, where they have really high inflation. And so just, I started getting involved in that ecosystem, right? And that's where I got involved with Ethereum at an early state. And that's when I started investing in impact. And so a few of the companies that I've invested in, you know, one, uh, you know, one really, you know, important one that I feel is called Bidversity, right? And Bidversity is using artificial intelligence and blockchain to bring traceability to the literally trillions of dollars of government procurement to enable women, minorities and veterans to get government contracts, Right. Because the U.S. government made a mandate that 33 percent of government contracts should go to women, minorities and veterans. But that literally every year, less than five percent get them. Why? Because it, those 500 page requirement documents are impossible for anyone to answer. Right. I mean, co- like big companies have like, you know, staffs to take care of these contracts. Right. But with this company, they simplify it enough where they bring, you know, where they have the artificial intelligence, they know exactly what companies that they can, that can, you know, be appropriate for these contracts and are enabling that. So that's one of the companies I got involved in because the fact is, is it's incredible. First of all, this can really change the world and really help small businesses. Can I interrupt you for a second? I want to go back. I want to go back to the, the original person that you were talking about in this story, the woman in, uh, I'm sorry, I can't, Botswana? Botswana, yeah, Botswana. Okay. So sh- how did she use Bitcoin or how was Bitcoin part, uh, your interest, your developing interest in Bitcoin, was that part of her story or was it something that came after that? Well, she already had the story. 
right? So I just learned all about what she was doing. And I learned, you know, like how incredible is this, that this goat farmer like created the Satoshi Center in Botswana in her hut, you know, hut where she lived, right? And was creating this. I mean, now she's advising the Botswana government, fast forward, you know, eight years later, whatever, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, so that was kind of my first entree into learning about it, you know, and, and for me, it's all about impacts. Like, how do we make a difference in the world to help humanity and the environment, you know? And so that was the original. And then, you know, being part of the ecosystem in New York and, you know, learning and being part of it, that's how I really got involved with a lot of the, um, you know, Web3, currently Web3 and crypto companies that are out there today and blockchain companies. Okay, great. Okay. So tell us how you've cultivated your core message about mission-focused impact as an investor, a celebrated author and a media personality. I mean, you 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 cover so much ground, Wendy, and you influence... <laughs> Do. You really do. You So how is how do you cultivate the, that that process and that message over time? You know, I you know, it's like I never do anything unless I'm really passionate about it, right? So I, you know, you can't come to me and say, Hey, I have all this money. Will you do this project? You know, or get involved or do, you know, it's just not my way of being. You know, I'm just somebody, you know, I'm a Virgo. I mean, I've heard that we're the most passionate sign in the Zodiac, you know, I mean, so it's like, if I love it, you know, but I need to feel it, you know? So when I learned, you know, when I created the animal rescue movement in America, when 12 million animals were euthanized a year and nobody was talking about adoption or rescue, and I created animal fair and brought celebrities and pop culture, the animal rescue world, I knew if everyone knew you could adopt any breed, any size, any age, I knew they would choose to adopt then buy, right? So that's when I created that movement, I adopted my dog and cat and saw the city shelter. And I was like, "Woo! you could adopt a purebred out of the city shelter. And you know, when I went out again, I looked in the media and nobody was talking about adoption or rescue at that time. You know, I was so passionate about it that I was willing to work for like almost nothing for years to make that happen. Right. And so for me, it's, you know, I, you know, I just, I'm not really into, I'm just into like, I love helping the world. And it's just been my mandate my whole life because I, I just get really passionate about it. And I really want, I care. Right. And I think that happened with Women's Entrepreneurship Day. You know, when I was trying to launch that, it, it same thing, like kooky stuff happened, but it was never about fame, money, or power. It was about helping the world. And that's why I think I'm so into Bitcoin, which is the mother of the whole ecosystem of metaverse, of, you know, NFTs and, and cryptocurrency is I, you know, I really believe in it because I believe that the founders of this whole ecosystem have that integrity, right? And I just feel like, you know, when I get involved in a project, I really want to make sure the teams have high integrity, that their company, you know, is what they're working on and the goals, you know, and of course, then I look at the technology and the, you know, because as an investor, you do have to make money because you got to survive, right? And so, you know, that's the way I've, you know, come about it. And listen, I've not always been successful. Thank you. Thank, you know, thank, you know, you know, who upstairs that, you know, you know, it's been very good, but, you know, I definitely, you know, could, you know, I definitely just believe that's just how I am, you know, and I can't be anything that I'm not. I see. Okay. Now you've developed a, a, a relationship with the United Nations. 
for programming and bringing more and more focus to women's issues around the world. Were there particular people or a particular office within the UN that you worked with to develop that kind of, of partnership, or, uh, or was it, was it uh, individual people who, who introduced you to the UN? How did that work? Well, gosh, so I got started at the UN literally when I was very, very young, and I moved to New York City, right? And at that time, I met a person named Amir Dasal, who was the executive director of the United Nations Office of Partnerships. And so when I was creating the animal rescue movement, like, you know, they always would invite me to a lot of the stuff they were doing about animal welfare, right? And animal rights. And then that just kind of snowballed into meeting a lot of incredible people at the United Nations, like Sacha Tripathi, who was the Assistant Secretary General of the United Nations Environmental Program. And so, you know, and then, you know, a lot of different people at UNICEF and UN Women and so forth. So we work and collaborate, right? A lot with a lot of the different organizations, a lot of our ambassadors around the world, are, are, you know, also involved with a lot of different groups around the United Nations. I mean, the United Nations is full of like 10,000 groups. So there's a lot of different ways that we are, you know, collaborating, collaborating with them on different initiatives. Okay. Now, what's your vision of how all of these types of technologies and, and cryptocurrencies and, uh, and, um, impact investing strategies that are bringing more and more awareness to these critical social issues around the world. What's your vision of how this is all going to play out over the next decade or so? Well, I just tell everyone to embrace it, right? Because it is happening. You know, Web3 is probably one of the greatest movements in the world to bring together everyone and to enable everyone financial inclusion, DeFi, right? To, to enable everyone with the metaverse and gaming to have financial empowerment, right? And so I feel like if people, I feel people need to embrace it, especially every generation, because millennials and Gen Z are not interested in traditional finance, right? And so we, as at whatever age you are, you need to go back to your inner childhood and just embrace this, right? Because it's happening. And it's so, I always say to people, everyone's like, well, how are you so into this? And I, I say, I just, I like me, I'm always with these people because it's my ecosystem and I'm learning things every day and I just go with it, right? And then I get home and I go on YouTube and watch 10 videos to try to understand what I just learned that day, right? Because it's just like, it's complicated because I'm not I'm not technical, but you know what? I am embracing this because if people don't realize, I think in the next five years, metaverse is the real thing. We are going to have meetings. You're going to feel like you're meeting somebody in person, but we're going to be in the metaverse. I believe buildings will now be built where the walls will be video screens and you're going to see your NFT art on those screens. You're going to put your, your NFT wallpaper on those screens. You're going to go into the metaverse and take your vacation in those screens. You're going to go into the metaverse and see and, and have your office meetings and your business meetings there. I, you know, I believe this is happening very quickly. I've walked, you know, I've been in, you know, the meta, you know, you know, metaverse. I've been, you know, I've been really looking and 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 feeling and being part of this whole ecosystem. I see it. When people are like, well, what's an NFT? I don't want a piece of art on my iPhone. You have to understand millennials and Gen Z, 
that's all they know. They were brought up on our the, their phones, right? So for them to have that NFT on the phone is is the future, right? And so you know, also believe everything tangible is going to be an NFT. The desk that we sit on at work will be an NFT. You'll be able to scan it and see was the person who built that desk where they paid a fair wage. Is it sustainable material that was cre- that desk was made out of, right? You know, and so knowing the providence of everything is the future. And it started with art, right? Because in history, we all know it's all, you know, who knows the providence, right? But that's what the future is. And so we just need to embrace it and enjoy it because it's fascinating. It's bringing traceability, transparency to everything, you know, think about, you know, and I always think about why did I get involved, you know, in crypto at the beginning, you know, and when everybody was saying it was, you know, it's all for nefarious acts and things like that. I never believed that because people don't realize, you know, you can trace a Bitcoin, you know, there's a number to it. Right. And so when we think about the U.S. government and we think about like, you know, how we give millions and millions of dollars every year to all these different things and and but we have no you know, traceability for anything. You know, you can look at the trillion dollars that we we gave to Afghanistan. You know, there's no there's no understanding of where all that money went, right? And look where it is today. And so, you know, I just believe in what all these technologies are doing to bring traceability, transparency to this whole ecosystem to enable financial empowerment to everyone, to protect the environment and to uplift humanity. Great. Okay. Well. Wendy, where is the first place online that Sustainable Finance Podcast followers should go to learn more about the many impact platforms they can choose to support from your work? And how can they contact you directly uh, about what we've discussed in today's program? Well, I made it because everybody would call me and be be like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, we're like, what are you doing? You know, and it's hard for me because, you know, I am one of these people that I just love life, right? And I just love helping the world. So I created a website. It's wendydiamond.com. I see. All right. Yeah. So wendydiamond.com, you can email me there. There's all my social media. And then you can see all the companies that I'm involved with and all the funds that I've invested in. And you can read more about my story and my history. Terrific. Well, thanks again. Wendy Diamond, entrepreneur extraordinaire. And to our listeners, please join us again next week for another episode. I'm Paul Ellis, and this is the Sustainable Finance Podcast. 